You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. Going to talk a little bit about this podcast and one thing that I've left out and why I've left it out. Um, we're going to talk about a Blake Horseman Instagram story that he posted that I couldn't agree with more. Um, guess what? Someone has chimed in on the actions of TJ Holmes and Amy Robach. You'll never believe what they said. Uh, we talk a little Golden Globes from last night and a story about an older woman dating a younger man, which isn't that big of a deal, especially when it comes to celebrities. However, this couple, I mean, it, it, it hits my childhood <laughs> and it's just bizarre to me. Um, and we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast, as you know, brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve60 and use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve60 and use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get started. There's one thing that I want to bring up that a couple people have mentioned to me, and maybe more of you have been curious about why I haven't included it, and so I just wanted to bring it up. Timestamps on the Daily Roundup, and even the Sports Daily, which will be out in an hour, why I don't timestamp my subjects on it. And here's the reason. Because when you listen to this podcast you'll notice that the ads that run in it, outside of the Green Chef ad that I just read, and there's usually one or two of those a week that I read, what are they called, host-read ads. But before that, there was, or maybe there wasn't, a programmatic ad where it's almost like a 30-second commercial and not read by me. And the reason why I don't put the timestamps in and even the same thing on my Thursday interview podcast, is because I never know when those are getting filled. All I do when I record the Daily Roundup, a little insight for you here, I record the Daily Roundup, and if you notice, those what are called programmatic ads, where it's not me talking and it almost sounds like it's a a commercial, I just record the podcast and then I put in a marker where if programmatic ads are available. It goes into this database, and if they have some to run, run them in this spot. And you'll always know, you know, if you've listened to the Daily Roundup long enough, it's right after I do my open. It's usually about a minute, minute, 15 seconds in, I put a marker in. And if an ad plays, it plays. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I also put in the number of ads that I want run there at the most. Sometimes I put two, sometimes I put three that can fit in there. And then I usually try to do one about halfway through, and I do the same thing. I put a marker in, and I put the amount of ads at the max I want to run in that spot. So if I included timestamps, it would be completely throw it off because I never know when those ads are getting filled and how many are getting filled. So timestamps are going to not really bring you to the exact spot where I talk about a topic, and that's why I've left timestamps out for those who asked. There was um, uh, an Instagram story that I thought was very, (laughs) I kind of just shook my head in agreement 
Blake Horseman didn't ask me anything. He likes doing these once in a while. And a lot of them are people asking about his DJ gigs. When's he going to be in this city? When's he going to be in this city? But he'll always throw one or two in there about The Bachelor. And, you know, he used to have a podcast where he recapped the show. He doesn't anymore. But Blake is somebody that has, you know, a storied history with the show. He's been through a lot with the show. He was a final two guy. Then he went down to paradise. We all remember the story, the the Kalen story, and then the text messages after the episode aired, all that. Anyway, <laughs> he had a ask me anything that he was doing on his stories the other day, and I, I had to screenshot it because I was like, oh, yeah. So the question he got asked was, what Bachelor cast member has a good image but is terrible in real life? And he said, haha, I would never name names. But trust me, some of the people the public loves suck, and some of the people that the public hates are awesome. That's just the way editing works. And I couldn't agree with him more, and I will second that answer in that I would never name names as well in terms of the stories that I've heard and then actually people that I've dealt with. That, yeah, I mean, you would be surprised. And there are some people that are absolutely beloved by this franchise that are absolute biatches behind the scenes or total dicks behind the scenes. And there are people that the public is not a fan of that really aren't that bad at all. And it's just, it is funny. And look, I know everyone's all dying. Like, who is it? Who is it? And it's just like, no, I'm not going to get into it. But when Blake wrote that, I was like, he knows <laughs> this is like my Chris Harrison moment. He knows we know people we know. So, um, just keep that in mind when you and look, you can like who you want to like. And unless you've either heard the stories about that person or actually dealt with them yourself, you're liking that person based off of an edited television show and whatever they put out on social media, which is curated for a certain audience. So just know that while they may come across as great, and you think the world of them, and they're on a pedestal, and they can do no wrong. Oh, the stories. The stories. Now, there's a story, another story that has nothing to do with Bachelor Nation, but did you see this one? A family divorce lawyer spoke out and gave their opinion and they're not even handling anything to do with T.J. Holmes and Amy Roback, but somebody went to them and said, well, what do you think? You're a family divorce lawyer. <laughs> and Lisa Ziderman, who is a managing partner of the New York family law office, Miller Ziderman, believes that Holmes should be, quote, more private with his new romance. Quote, I think that there are less public ways to do it. If it was my client, I would say that this if that this is something that you want to do, have to do, you need to do at this moment, then take it out of the public eye. And certainly don't you yourself put it out there 
in the public eye. Again, unless there is some reason for that, it's good for his career, good for his custody case, which I can't imagine. So, (laughs) I mean, maybe I should switch careers and go into uh, family divorce law because isn't that what I've been saying for two months since they were seen out in public? It's the same thing I said about Victoria and Greg going to Italy on a much smaller scale because it's not like Victoria was married to Johnny. But it's all about, look, you don't have to do this. You're choosing to, and you're choosing to get caught, and you're choosing to put yourself out there, or at least at risk of getting caught. These two are way more famous than Victoria and Greg, and they don't give a shit. They're walking through airports. They're walking through the streets of New York arm in arm. They don't care. And this is a divorce lawyer saying, yeah, you don't need to do this. And if you want to and it's it's something you think you have to do, just do it in private. Which is what I always said. Like, hey, I'm not saying that TJ and Amy can't be together. Clearly they want to be together and they've separated from their spouses so they could be together. But I just think they're handling it poorly and it's bad taste. These people have children involved. Older children, too. So I've never understood it from the very get-go, and I'm glad that a family divorce lawyer agrees with me. And I think now I'm going to change fields and uh, start studying family divorce law. Go back to my Dr. Reality Steve Roots, huh? How about that? All right, let's talk a little bit about the Golden Globes. I did not watch the Golden Globes at all last night. Not two seconds. Didn't watch any red carpet stuff. Didn't watch the show itself. Because I know that a lot of the shows that are up for awards, I just don't watch. I don't watch a lot of streaming shows. My shows consist of sports, reality television, and a few scripted shows here and there, but mostly on network TV. And most network TV shows aren't even up for awards anymore. Everything that's up for awards is mostly streaming stuff. I mean, I am so out of the loop when it comes to... I I hear about the shows because I'm on the entertainment sites all the time. I hear about the shows like uh, White Lotus and whatever. (laughs) That's one that comes to my mind. Have not watched watched it. I think I might get into that one. Just from what I hear, I think that's a show I would like. But I haven't started it yet. So, you know, don't tell me anything. But um, And I know that Mike White, the creator, you know, he was on Survivor. And I know him from Survivor, so I was like, okay, I've got some connection. <laughs> like, I like the guy on Survivor, so maybe I'll watch his show. But I, I'm so out of the loop when it comes to the award shows and who's up for the awards and all that stuff. Um, you know, the fact that the Golden Globes was moved to a Tuesday night. Like, when the hell did this happen? Tuesday night? Hasn't the Golden Globes always been a big thing on Sunday night? Yes, it was hosted by Ricky Gervais all those years, and he was hilarious because he had no filter and didn't care to rip on the A-listers in the audience. And the Golden Globes is a little more relaxed, not as stuffy as the Oscars. These people are at smaller tables. They're drinking. Sometimes people are flat-out drunk. I just... It was always a cooler show of the award shows. But... Now that's just kind of lost its luster. It didn't even air on TV last year. And then this year it's on a Tuesday. And, you know, I know Gerard Carmichael is a stand-up comedian. I'm not very familiar with his work. I know he had the Carmichael show on NBC, but he was the host. I'd say that's kind of lost a little bit of luster. It's not a big name. 
Um, Ricky Gervais, and you had who in the past has hosted? You know, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted. You know, kind of a step down. I'm not, you know, I'm not criticizing Gerard Carmichael's work because I've never seen his work. I just know what he does. I know he had a show on NBC, and I know he's a stand-up comedian. But I also know that he told the best joke of the night because I did read that, and he goes, it was in all the headlines, his joke about Scientology, and he basically said he had three Golden Globes that uh, Tom Cruise turned in because he was disappointed in the lack of diversity in the uh, the the organization who doles out the awards, and so he turned his awards in. He said, hey, why don't we just take these awards and return them uh, and give them back for the safe return of Shelley Miscavige, who is uh, the wife of the Scientology leader, David, who apparently hasn't been seen in 15 years. So um, a hell of a joke. Uh, it cut deep. I'm sure some people in that audience were not thrilled about that joke, but that's the kind of humor that makes news, and I thought that was a killer uh, joke. The other thing that I was totally unaware of, and I think this is really cool, and you might think, oh, my God, Steve, you didn't know this. No, I didn't because I'm not as much of a movie guy. The movies I see are the ones I take my nephew to. I mean, going to see Ant-Man, you know, coming up in a couple weeks or next month. You know, I see the MCU movies. I'll see a movie here and there, but I'm just not as much of a moviegoer as I used to be. I had no idea there was a movie out there called Everything Everywhere All at Once. Had no idea. Never even heard of it until I started reading articles last night. And to not only see that there's a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once, but that short round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, who also played Data in The Goonies, won for Best Supporting Actor in that movie. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's a blast from the past. Had no idea he was even acting anymore. And I started going down a little bit of rabbit hole last night, and I realized he was doing behind-the-scenes work. He did not get a lot of work in Hollywood for basically 20 years and then decided to get back into it, and now he wins that award. I think that's really cool. And even cooler, his agent is Chunk from the Goonies, Jeffrey Cohen. So that was really cool to hear. But I'm here to ask all of you one question in regards to the Golden Globes. Uh, I need some help on this, so if anybody can fill me in, I'd really appreciate it. Can you just let me know, did Austin Butler win for his portrayal of Elvis? Once again, my impeccable Austin Butler impersonation. Did he win? I'd like to know. (laughs) Guy's voice, like I said... After I saw him host SNL, you heard me on the next Daily Roundup. I was just like, I, I can't. Is he putting on an act? Is this the way he really talks? Is he still in character from the Elvis movie? What's going on here? I, it was just, it, it's still unbelievable to me the way he speaks. And I still think he's doing a bit. And there's no way he really talks like that. But apparently he does. I'm just not convinced. I did see that Eddie Murphy had a good joke when he went up to, I guess, accept a, um, oh, the Cecil B. DeMille Award. He had a joke of, hey, talking about the blueprint that he's followed his whole life. He said, it's very simple. There's three things. You just do these three things. Pay your taxes, mind your business, and keep Will Smith's wife's name at your fucking mouth. Good joke. Uh, I expect nothing less from Eddie. And 
now that I'm looking at this story, just looking over at one of the sidebars, one of the stories says why everyone is talking about Butler's Golden Globe speech. Hey, I guess I got my answer. <laughs> Looks like Austin Butler did win. I can't imagine why he'd be giving a speech if he didn't win. So congratulations to Austin Butler for winning for his portrayal of Elvis in the movie. Should I get into voiceover work? I think I really should. Because I'm telling you, my impressions today are on point. You know? So we hear about celebrity relationships all the time. There's And, you know, when it comes to Hollywood, nothing is off limits. The amount of infidelity that happens in Hollywood relationships is way more than you think it is. There's so much stuff that goes unreported. And, you know, the most close couples and the couples you think are couple goals, um, you know, have misters and mistresses and sugar babies and sugar daddies. It's just, it's, it's rampant because when you have that much money, it's just, unfortunately, that's the way those people act. However, um, one of the recent couples that have been making the news and I don't watch the show. I think she has been on um, one of the Bravo shows. Uh, I think she's on one of the Real Housewives shows. Is is Larsa Pippen, and she is the uh, ex-wife of Scottie Pippen, former NBA player with the Bulls. I'm sure you've seen this story by now. Uh, Larsa Pippen, who's who's 48 years old, is dating a, a 32 year old. However, that's not a big deal. Uh, you know, it's Hollywood. Who cares? The bigger deal is who it is, and it's Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan. It, it It's just, you know, I grew up watching the Bulls in the 90s. You know, when the Bulls were winning championships, I was, you know, uh, what was I, you know, right in my college years. And the Bulls were dominant. And Michael and Scotty were the two of the five best players in the NBA. And then I know that, um, you know, they kind of, I, I believe they were friends post-NBA um, careers. I, I don't think they're close now, and I don't think it has anything to do with this. But I, <laughs> it's just weird to think that the wife of Scotty Pippen, ex-wife of Scotty Pippen, is dating his number one running mate, teammate's son. And they were spotted packing on the PDA in Miami, and they are clearly dating, and who knows? And I don't, like I said, I don't watch Real Housewives. I think it's the Miami one that she's on, and I know that she's been involved in a lot of stuff. I see her name pop up a lot in the tabloid entertainment sites. Um, I think she has a pretty colorful uh, dating career in terms of who she's dated and who she's dated while she was dating somebody else. So I've kind of heard things, but I don't know the exact, uh, I, I don't know everything about Larsa Pippen. I just see her name a lot in tabloid stuff and it's usually not positive. This is just more comical to me. <laughs> it's just as someone who is an NBA fan, it's just really weird to think that, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife is dating Michael Jordan's son. And frankly, when I saw that, and I just said, I guess I never did the math in my head. For some reason, I thought Michael Jordan's son was a lot younger. 
I thought it was even younger. 48 and 32 isn't really that big of a deal. Uh, but for some reason, I, I Marcus Jordan, uh, yeah, he's 32, and she's 48. And, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to point it out that she's dating Michael Jordan's son, and it's just weird to me. Um, you know, date who you want. It's But for an NBA fan, yeah, it's kind of – it's kind of, I just can't, I can't make the connection, you know? And I'm just wondering, what does Scotty think of this? What does Michael think of this? Because I don't think Scotty and Michael are close anymore, especially after, remember when the last dance aired during the pandemic? We were all waiting for that to air because nothing new was coming out because stuff wasn't getting made. And that aired during the pandemic. And you could kind of see that Scotty, uh, I think, took a few shots at Michael and, took some shots at Michael uh, after that aired when they started doing interviews with news outlets. I don't think they're close anymore. So, um, but I still would be curious to know what they think. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's hard to wrap my head around, to say the least. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. As you know, the Sports Daily will be up in about an hour or so. So check that out. Go subscribe to that and rate, subscribe, and review uh, in Apple Podcasts when you can. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with three more podcasts. You're going to have your daily roundup, and then you're going to have your Thursday interview, which is be podcast, I believe, number 311. or th- No, 321? Um, yeah, 321, I believe. And then, obviously, uh, your sports daily. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow, and I will talk to you then. See you!